If you've been listening to Cold Weather Bats over the last two seasons, then you know about Prospect Center. If you're a baseball player trying to get better, this is the spot for you. Located in Clinton Township off of Hall Road, Prospect Center is a training facility specific to baseball that is available to all levels of ball players and teams. Their mission is to help develop baseball players into not only great teammates, but great players, along with preparing them to be ready for whichever level they are striving to get to, whether that's high school baseball, college baseball, and even the pros. Owners Nick Capaferi and Mike Rice are former summer ball teammates and former college baseball players, and they've developed a program based on your needs and their past experiences. Mike the director of baseball operations, is the current head coach at Cardinal Mooney High School. They're currently on a run of back-to-back regional championships with one state finals appearance in 2021. On top of that, Mike Rice also coaches in the USPBL, a professional baseball organization in Utica, Michigan that plays at Jimmy John's Field. Prospect Center's sole goal is to help their Detroit Prospects travel program get to the next level. They have a ton of relationships with college programs and a very high success rate of getting those players into college programs. If you have any questions or needs regarding Prospect Center, shoot Mike Rice a DM on Twitter at Mike Rice 02. Again, that is Prospect Center in Clinton Township. Your needs, they meet them. Go get them. Welcome into the season finale, excuse me, the regular season finale of Cold Weather Bats. This is not the end, uh, not yet anyways, but uh, I'm Brian Sikowski, he's Brandon Justice. We apologize for missing you last week. We just, uh, we actually had a Super 25 done. We actually had an episode recorded. It was a short episode, but either way, we just, the editing was was just an extra bit of time. We just didn't have time for it. No, it's not. It's whatever. Like it, no one's blaming Brandon, even though it was entirely Brandon's fault. But um, <laughs> the the point is, we just got too jammed up with our with our work lives and personal lives last week. It, Brandon works two jobs. I basically work two jobs, and sometimes uh, the cold weather bats passion project has to take a back seat to those things. Just in terms of really, it was the wedding responsibility. It was really, and, and Brandon really was Brandon, the wedding more than anything. Brandon else. was a, a best man in a wedding too. So yeah, yeah. But anyways, we're back. Today's going to be a pretty cool episode. We have a season finale, or excuse me, the final regular season Super 25 in which we will crown a regular season champion. Not that that matters, but it is cool. Um, obviously, the only thing that matters at the end of the end of the day is who's holding the trophy in June. But uh, point being, we're going to do that. We are going to dive into the Goose Poop uh, state tournament preview with their district draws and the superlatives and stuff. Really good stuff. Just, we can't recommend goose poop enough. I, we've talked about it on the show multiple times now, but you know, it's become a regular part, but you should subscribe to their, their newsletter on Substack. You should read goose, like follow them on social media. It's, it's all great stuff. And it's inclusive of multiple sports. It's not just baseball. So once we get into fall, it's going to be all about football. If you're a high school football fan in the state of Michigan, bam, more content basketball too so just you know recommend recommend following goose poop and and subscribing to their stuff because it's really really good and it has added a new dimension to our show that we didn't have before and we couldn't be more stoked about it but we're going to do that we are going to re-up our state championship picks see if either one of us change our mind from the beginning of the season uh make our picks as we head into the playoffs today is tuesday may 30th districts are underway kind of like a few played friday 
in in the predestroy. I still don't understand what the hell that was, but whatever. Couple. Well, I know. I know. Played played. Yeah, but like, so explain this to me, right? It's just I. If if pre districts are already built in, right? So like, not every district is going to have a pre district game. I understand that. Granted, a lot of them do, and it's already built in to be to be today, right? To the Tuesday leading into district weekend or Wednesday leading into district weekend, whatever. That's when you play that pre-district game. Why Why did some play last week Friday? I don't understand that. I'm not like complaining. I just don't get it. Is there a simple explanation? It, was it as simple as like Memorial Day weekend or like I... I think it was an option. I think like each district, at least like in, in our district meeting, we just got to just like the two teams who played in the pre-district, which was Summit and Riverview. Uh, they just like the, the athletic director who was in charge of the district just opened the floor and said, do you guys want to play before Memorial weekend or after Memorial weekend? And they said before, and both teams agreed. And that was that. And I think, I think it's a smarter move if you're a team that's trying to make a run because you obviously can throw whoever you want that day. And then you get a week off. Cause we don't play again until, until Saturday. Now that district doesn't meet again until Saturday. So we play Riverview Riverview Saturday at 10 AM. Um, and they didn't have to, if they would have played on Tuesday, the rules would have been fine, but still a guy has to go twice in a week, right? So I think that's the simple answer. It's just every yeah. district has a preference type of deal. I guess it makes sense in terms of like, because then if you're if you're playing today, Tuesday, that means you would have had to practice on Memorial Day or Sunday, or and I'm sure a lot of teams preferred not to do that. Um, so like I get it. You're, you're not worried about not having prepped leading into that game because of a holiday where you were off. It makes sense. I just, that was, I think that's the first time I've seen that. I was just confused. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's, about this year. it's all about the state tournament. It's all about league champions. It's a, it's a regular season wrap up episode of CWB. Uh, we're not going to do anything else other than talk about the state tournament and the super 25. So um, with that being said, Brandon, what, mm-hmm. what's the devs update? I know you just said we got Riverview coming this weekend. Big mm-hmm. Huron League matchup in the district. How the devs? How are we feeling? Yeah, so we play Riverview on uh, on Saturday at 10 a.m. at Trenton. And in our last meeting with Riverview, we were up 3-1 to one in the top of the sixth with two outs. And Riverview scored six straight runs, um, which was, you know, tough and to be quite honest, just a little bit of like a synopsis of our season. Just we, we've come really close in late innings with a lot of teams. And then uh, just by separation, that that team finds a way in the, in the late innings to kind of get the separation they need. And it's too much for us to take. And, you know, it's just kind of the same script for us each game. And we lose like that. Um, you know, we've gotten beat up a couple of times and those things happen. But in the games where we've competed and lost, it's kind of been the same thing where, we stick around, stick around, stick around, and then the separation occurs. And that one was a bit different, though, because, I mean, we did have a bit of a stranglehold in that game up until that point, and that we were up three to one with two outs. So I think there was I think there was two runners on by, by VO walk, which is, you know, probably our our biggest issue is the amount we walk, guys. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that happened with Riverview. We lost, and so that was our second time playing them. First time we played against them, they threw the ace, Shane, uh, whose last name I still can't pronounce, but McClendon, I think, or something like that. McAllen, yeah. McAllen. I don't. Know. I need some. I'll ask him when I see him Saturday, so I can start doing it, doing right by him because it's, it's not right to not have the name right of somebody in your league who's really good. I think, in my opinion, but, uh, but yeah. So first time we played him, they threw him and six owed us. Second time, 
didn't throw him. He did come close, uh, but we lost, I think, seven to three, inevitably, because I scored, yeah, I scored six straight to make it seven to three, and then nine, or seven to four, we scored one off of Shane in the seventh. So uh, that's the update as far as who we're playing this weekend. We did play Girls Point North on Friday, which was a really good test for us. I was really happy with the way the team played on Friday, honestly. I mean, you play at Girls Point North, Brennan Hills on the mound, Michigan commit. He was legitimately a few times at 90-91. He sat more so 87, 88, 86 in that range. But he he did hit 90-91 more than a few times each in the first couple of innings. And, you know, the curveball was as gross as it's always been. And the pitchability was, was great. Um, we had runners on second and third strand. In the first inning, Caleb Jones hit a ball off the wall, which was good to see in the first inning. Uh, he just continues to play extremely well. I think he's hitting like 450 or 440 as a sophomore in, in the league with guys like Gavin Muzzy. And we just mentioned Shane and uh, Colin DeSeller from uh, Sealer, I think, from all these names I don't know in the league. I got to do better about, but at Milan, uh, several others. I mean, uh, Footlander at Airport, you know, a lot of guys who are good in this league. I mean, and not to mention, like, we haven't seen them, but Luke Coles at Huron, and yep. they have so many other guys at Huron. They're just, it's just an arms race. Um, so, you know, to succeed at, at that level has been really good to see. And then he, you know, goes to see Brennan Hill, who's a year ahead of him, committed to Michigan. He's on the left-hand side throwing what he's throwing, you know, and it's like 90-91 with, like, with run. Like, it's 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 not easy to hit. So that was good to see. Uh, we ended up losing that game 4 nothing, but it was 0-0 in the fifth, I want to say. 0-0 in the fifth. Yeah. Maybe it was 2 nothing in the fifth. And then, you know, they just got that separation like we talked about. We hung around 0-0-0-0. Trent uh, Quebec threw really well for us. Uh, defense had some tough moments in the later innings, but for the most part played really well. So, so yeah, I feel like it was a – we scheduled that game originally because we didn't know if we were going to end up playing that pre-district game. Um, and it, originally we thought the pre-district game would be after Memorial Day. So had we, had we drew the – had we drew the pre-district game, we wouldn't have to move this game around. Luckily, we didn't have to. We played it the same day. It's pre-district. But we originally scheduled it thinking this is perfect for um, perfect test before playoffs, right? And uh, and it was. And it was good. It was good to see Brennan Hill. And I think you go face Brennan Hill, and then everybody after that is a little bit less good. <laughs> you know, like, no discredit to Shane, who's, like, really, really good. And, like, he can't be much worse than Brennan Hill, if at all. But Brennan is, I think, kind of – I mean, we saw what he did to St. Mary's last year. Where everybody kind of knows the narrative of how good he is. Probably – one of the five best pitchers in the state right now. Um, I mean, shoot, I don't know. There might be a harder number for that that you you might have. I, I can't make any harsh statements on it. I just know the kid's real good. So it was a great mm-hmm. test for us. I think prepares us. Don't know who we're going to see Saturday. Could be Shane. Uh, could be the number two. I've got no idea. We're ready to roll regardless um, and excited. And I think the guys are in a good state of mind right now. And I feel, feel really good about, uh, you know, where we're at mentally. And I think that's the most important thing when it comes to playoffs is just mentally being in the right spot more so than it is physical or talent. Because as we know, you know, teams like Chippewa Valley last year, who we had in the show, uh, Greg Sadowski, the head coaches on the show during the coaches conference. And, you know, they had eight, eight regular season wins and then they go to the state quarterfinal and lose on a walk off to North. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything can happen. It's a new season. We're O and O and uh, excited to roll, man. So that's the devs update. And there's any number of, I, I mean, we can just, this is a real quick, not even a story, but just a point like Gross Point South won the state championship in 2018, despite not winning the league right that year. So, you, right. you know, like mm-hmm. this is not, that's not a, an apples to apples comparison, but like the way the state tournament is set up, everybody gets in. Everybody has a chance. You did not have to be good in the regular season to have a chance to make a run in the state tournament. So anybody listening at home, like that's just the reality 
one game at a time, you know, you, you're going to get best on best most of the time, the way that these things are spaced out. So anybody's got a chance. That's why it's fun. There's going to be a ton of upsets that we don't predict or project. Um, and I'm sure that we'll hear about it after the fact for, for having been sleeping on the team that was six and 38 heading into the season, heading into the postseason, but then won a game, whatever. Um, I keep sleeping. I hate that phrase. Um, <laughs> I like, I will keep sleeping. I don't think you're any good, uh, but anyways, <laughs> let's, uh, let's oh, quickly before we transition into super 25 housekeeping, remember to follow us on social media at cold weather bats, Twitter and Instagram shouts out to Acuna in the background. Of course, wouldn't be a CWB episode without Acuna making an appearance. Uh, and Acuna. that that's OG. He was in the first one way back. Thanks. So, um, Please remember to like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever on your preferred listening platform uh, to this podcast. That's helpful for us in terms of viewership, which is helpful for us in terms of ad dollars. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into this week's Great Lake Great Lakes Bat Company Super Twenty Five. Uh, this is the final Super Twenty Five of the regular season. We will not be doing them weekly during the postseason because that's stupid, but. We'll probably have one at the very end of the year, of course, um, in which case I cannot wait for the comments on Instagram about how the team that won 12 games total, but like won three games in the playoffs isn't right. Re- like, oh, so ready for that. But uh, but anyways, let's jump right in. Brandon, we're doing a little something extra this week. Uh, we, we have our Super 25 per usual. We have our five also considered per usual. But in the spirit of uh, tournament season and what with the NCAA tournament just being seeded the other day, um, man, like I, last year I had a lot of complaints with the NCAA committee. This year, eh, I don't care. Screw West Coast baseball. It's boring as hell. Um, <laughs> like, What's the storyline there? Not a lot of West Coast. I, I honestly have I've yeah, been so like, unplugged this weekend. Arizona State should have gotten in and didn't. Um, UC Irvine should have gotten in and didn't. Uh, there was an argument for another couple teams to host. USC should have gotten in but didn't. So the the Twitter discourse is like, oh, East Coast bias and SEC bias. And I'm like, yeah, it is because it's better. Like, I don't – I'm not an SEC guy. I hate the SEC in a lot of ways. I'm a Midwest Big Ten Mac guy. But, like, man, West Coast baseball sucks. It sucks. It's like, oh man, no, we really, we really know the fundamentals and bunt and, and we all throw 84 <laughs> and command it. And like, I, okay, like that's great, but you're going to get firebombed by a team from over here in the regional because they swing at 84. They don't try to bunt it. Um, Indiana State's hosting a regional. Terre Haute, Indiana, shouts out, hosting Terre a Haute. regional. Um, that's awesome. I heard about that they one from my really West well. Coast buddies. Yeah, they do. I, they do a really good Who did job. They with, get? Didn't uh, they get somebody from Michigan? Too. Jared Spencer, like, a couple years ago, left-handed arm. Um, big name. He's a sophomore this year. He's been really good for them. Dude, they're high effort recruiting, man. Like when I was coaching Arsenal, yeah. they were they were everywhere, bro. They were everywhere. They get after. So they deserve they, they, it. They Funny how that really works. Well right? With international kids, um, like Dominican Republic. Uh, Puerto Rican kids, not that Puerto Ricans are international, but you understand what I mean. Uh, but anyways, anyways, before I devolved into my uh, laughing at West Coast baseball, the <laughs> first five out is a new feature for Cold Weather Bats. And you could make new the feature. argument that they also considered is the first five out, but this is the other first five out. So Next five out. <laughs> next five out, whatever. 
So or the the also considered as the first five or last five in. This is the first five out or whatever. But uh, so we're going to talk about thirty-five teams this week, uh, many of which you've heard before, a couple of which are kind of new. But uh, but yeah, this is the final regular season Super Twenty-five presented by Great Lakes Batco. John Hackett is a longtime assistant baseball coach at Gross Point South High School. But above all else, John Hackett is an amazing, genuine, caring human being. So it's no surprise that he leads the charge for Hackett Home Care, which delivers exceptional home care services to fit a wide range of needs. If you or a loved one is growing increasingly dependent on others with everyday activities, Hackett Home Care can help regain and restore your quality of life. Whether it's in your home, assisted living facility, or in the hospital, their caregivers will come to you to provide you with the most compassionate care possible. Specializing in things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and catastrophic injury care, Hackett Home Care's caregivers will give you medication reminders, meal preparation, light housekeeping, fall prevention, and the best part is they're around up to 24 hours a day. Guys, when I tell you that John Hackett will do the job, I mean that he cares. And you can give him a call and find out why I'm speaking the truth at 313-319-8050. Or you can shoot him an email at coachhack19 at yahoo.com. That's coachhack192 hs at yahoo.com. Or give him a call today at 313-319-8050. I'm going to jump right into this first five-out category. Uh, up first, and that is Heartland. Had a two-and-four stretch, and I, and I understand that we are uh, – it's been a while since we've updated this, so so bear with us if we as we talk over two weeks' worth of stuff versus one week' worth of stuff. But Heartland had a two-and-four stretch since we last updated. They lost to Catholic Central twice. Uh, they lost to, to Northville. They lost to Novi. Those are all, like, quality losses as far as losses go. They beat St. Mary's in that mix, but still a 2-4 and four, uh, two and four run, 19-11 overall. They are out in the uh, this first five out. Uh, New Boston Huron as well in that mix. Uh, they've been fine. Uh, they beat Flat Rock and West Bloomfield. They split with Bedford. They beat Jefferson by a lot, but Jefferson's not very good. Uh, they're 20-7 and seven overall. It's a team that is rankable, but – you know, it's been kind of chalk for them as far as my perspective on it. So they're in the first five out this week. Not to say that can't turn around by the end of the season, expecting them to make a run through uh, the, the Division Two playoffs, but we expected that last year too. Um, Goodrich here as well. Uh, five and two stretch. They're 25 and seven. This is another team we felt like probably could have been ranked, but uh, just just not a, not a huge number of like – like major wins in that stretch. And that's not their fault. They have to play who's in front of them. But when you have other teams beating ranked teams and, and the like, then then that kind of pushes those teams ahead of the teams who haven't. And, and Goodrich, we think, is really, really good. But just outside of the rankings this week, uh, Detroit Catholic Central in this first five out. I'm sure we'll hear about this one, too. Uh, they beat Rice in a big comeback uh, in the Catholic League semifinals at Comerica Park that then got moved to uh, Warrior Park. And then Brother Rice lost anyway, even though it got moved to their home field mid-game. I, whatever. That was a nightmare. But uh, Catholic Central, they've had a 4-2 and two stretch. They lost to St. Mary's. They lost to Bay City, Bay City Western. They've beaten Rice. They beat Heartland. It's a good team. We've talked about it. It's a good team. But there's nobody we have ranked to as 14 losses, and Catholic Central has 14 losses. So like, it's hard for me to justify ranking a team with that many losses in spite of the fact that they have some good wins. Um 
And then Wild Lake Western, first time we've talked about them this year. They are 21-12. and 12. They had a 7-1 stretch. They beat some good teams. They beat Lakeland. They beat West Bloomfield. Uh, wanted to put them into the also considered this week. Just kind of ran out of room a little bit. So they are in this first five out. Shouts out to Wald Lake Western. Closing strong heading into the playoffs in a big district draw. I believe they're in Lakeland's district. So uh, inter- we'll be interesting to follow that one uh, moving forward. But Brandon is going to take us through the also considered. This is my section. We, it we is. need to name this section the Brandon Justice also considered section. I've been listing off the also considered, I think, for all three seasons, and that's something I take a lot of pride in. And we start with Rochester Adams, and I got to go back to AG, right, Coach? AG? All right. Uh, Rochester uh, Adams was uh, – yeah, right? Yeah, they were number 13. You got to go to AG in, for the last ranking, but AP right. is the correct notes, yes. Love it. Everybody at home is like – what does any of that mean? I know this is an audio wire. medium, but I'm talking Brandon through the visuals of our uh, <laughs> Google Sheet. So, <laughs> oh dear, uh, Rochester Adams was number 13 last time we spoke, uh, but they've had a. I mean, they they're a very streaky team. Uh, when they're hot, they're really hot, and when they're cold, they're really cold. Uh, 13 uh, two weeks ago, uh, out to also considered now they went four and three. Uh, two weeks ago, and then now they, up until that point, are they went five and three. So over the last two weeks, they are five seven and, and six. Or is no, that that's over the last two weeks? That's all Jesus. Yep. Yep. You know what? Good thing we did it once, and that was that. Even though you <laughs> literally told me before the show that's how it worked, and I still managed to forget. I, I did um, do that. <laughs> I don't know if anyone notices, but Brian has single-handedly carried season three uh, without a doubt. Uh, so Rochester Adams uh, went from uh, 15 out or yep, 15 out. And then last week they would have been 23, uh, but dropped out as well. So from 13 to 23 to also considered their 22 and 11 overall, um, you know, close, close losses. They're just, they lost to Stevenson um, and they're, they're not winning the close games or they haven't been winning the close games for the last couple of weeks. And that finds them in the AC section. Uh, obviously, Pico and company still a very talented team. And as we will say with every team, anybody can still win this thing. I think it's a very wide open year, very fluid year. But uh, as far as the final Super 25 of the regular season goes, they are in the also considered section. Uh, next up is Okemos. Uh Okemos is uh, 20 and 4 and 1. Um, not a lot of games, only won two games over the last two weeks. Uh, if I have that correct, they were 24th, but teams are playing more games. They only played two games in the last two weeks. It's really hard to keep a team and it's super 25 over teams who are playing upwards of 10 games a week uh, or 10 games over two weeks span. A la Hudsonville or 13 a la Stevensville Lakeshore. So uh, they fall to also consider just byproduct of not playing enough games to convince us that they deserve to be in the top 25 for now. Next is Monroe. They obviously had a nice uh, bounce back after a tough stretch, but they moved from last week. They would have been 19th. Uh, the week prior to that, they found themselves uh, back in the mix, but I don't think that they were at that point still ranked. So over the last two weeks, Monroe is six and two, um, and they're 24 and eight and one overall. Swept Skyline, uh, took two from Riverview, um, but lost two two four till Central. So uh, Metro Detroit area, they're beating well. They start to play the bigger dogs, and it gets a little bit more questionable. That's obviously something to look for come playoff time. Next up is Brighton in the also considered section. They are five and one over the last two weeks, twenty three and eight overall. Um, split with Flushing, beat Grand Ledge. You know that's two 
two quality opponents. Uh, and lastly, in the also considered section has been a team that's kind of floated up and down throughout the year between also considered and the, the sub 20s section. And that is Novi. Uh, we know how good of a team they are. Um, they did have a really strong two week span here where they went seven and one over the last two weeks. They were pretty much out of the picture of the super 25 uh, a week ago. And even I think two weeks ago, they were maybe in the also considered. Yeah. Also considered two weeks ago, but they were out of it as of last week, but really strong week this week. Uh, seven and one overall last two weeks, 25 and eight overall record. They did lose to Lakeland, but Lakeland, but a lot of solid wins. Um, and that is it for the also considered section. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't Brandon is it's it's not his fault. This is a I have this this format of how I keep track of rankings over the course of weeks and like. It works for me because I've been doing it for like eight years. If you include Juco stuff from PG and it's not. It's it's not easy to follow. I got like X's in weird spots. I got different names highlighted, different colors, and it's. I understand that it's hard to follow, especially when it's kind of over two weeks. So don't uh, don't be mad at Brandon for that. That's that's on me. But uh, we will. We, we like I said, we had a Super Twenty Five done last week that none of you ever saw. So there's that column in here that we're also kind of including to say, oh, last week, even though you all never saw it, it does exist here. So uh, we have like a track of two weeks for teams instead of just one. Uh, but anyways, Monroe would have been back in. They were up to number 19 in, in the, the poll that you guys never saw, but then lost two games to Forest Hill Central. So that dropped them down and they also considered. Um, but anyways, let's move on to the top 25. At number 25, Flint Powers Catholic, they – have closed strong. They're 26, 8, and 2 overall. They have gone 7, 2, and 1 in the last couple weeks. They beat Bay City Western, although they did lose to them twice uh, earlier on. They lost to Howell. They have some wins over below average teams. So up from the also considered section last week into the top 25 at number 25. Still think they're very dangerous in Division 2. Hudsonville at number 24, an 8-2 and two close. They beat Matawan. They, they beat lesser competition. They're 27-9-1 to end the regular season. Um, really optimistic on Hudsonville's chances heading into the playoffs, although, per usual, they will have a tough district draw. At number 23, Detroit Edison. We know they lost to Allen Park. They've had some, some solid wins over the course of the stretch as well. Uh, we've talked about it already a couple times on the show, but Edison having real trouble filling games, just getting umpires to, to do them. But uh, when they do play, they play really well. Cole Waterman, Marwin Matthews lead the way on what is a, a talented team heading into the postseason and likely one of the favorites in Division Three again. At number 22, a newcomer this week is Lakeland. Uh, they've had an 8-2 and two stretch to close the season. They are 27-8 and eight overall. They were not a in the rankings anywhere two weeks ago. We had them up and also considered last week in the rankings that you never saw. Uh, continued to win. They are up to number 22 overall in the top 25, their first ranking of the season, I believe. Uh, and at number 21 is Mona Shores. They stayed the same uh, versus last week. Um, I don't know where they were two weeks ago. It doesn't matter. But anyways, Mona Shores, they are at number 21. They've had a 6-1 and one close. They're 23-8 and eight overall. Lost to Granville, six pretty easy Ws in that stretch as well. But uh, playing well, Mona Shores is at 23-8 overall heading into the postseason. And that brings us to the top 20 and friend of the show, our friendly neighbors, West Bloomfield, uh, Josh Bernberg's crew. Uh, I think they had a few all-stars playing at Comerica. They do. A strong team. 
Uh, we've been talking about them all year. We know they're good, and uh, they are certainly a team that's going to play well. Here's the thing about Michigan high school baseball. Like, you could talk about the names and the talent and all that, but, like, maybe we don't talk about it enough. But come playoff time, the style of play and the energy, I think. Like, energy doesn't, like, automatically translate to production in baseball. But I do think that Josh Burdenberg does have a way to get a team to play a certain way come playoff time. I really, like, I actually strongly believe that. So I think that they're a dangerous team for that reason come playoff time. Now I know that they have to play St. Mary's, right? And But St. Mary's also isn't this, um, you know, huge shadow dragon like they were the last couple of years. Still, by all means, uh, a very good team. Uh, however, I do think that that's going to be a good game. Uh, so at number 20, we've got West Bloomfield. They were six and two over the last two weeks, 27 and nine overall. Took two or three from Lake Orion. Uh, did lose to Huron. Shout out to the Huron League. And speaking of the Huron League, 19, we got Airport. They're playing great ball. Uh, eight and over the last two weeks, 28 and four overall. No huge wins, but they're just consistent as it gets and just continue to win. Uh, and number 18, we've got Forest Hills Eastern. Uh, they drop a bit, I believe. Yep. They were, uh, they would have been at number 10 for us last week. They're six and four over the last two weeks, 26 and eight overall lost twice to Jenison uh, shout out uh, split with Matawan and took two or three from South Christian. So busy last couple of weeks and uh, did take some losses, lost half of the games they've lost this whole season. They have lost the last two weeks. So not the, Best time to get cold, I would say. And number 17, Birmingham Seaholm. They're a team that just continues to rise. Um, they did have a couple losses over the last two weeks, five and two, 25 and four overall, though. Lost to Wild Lake Northern, lost to Dakota, uh, took some wins over bad teams. But at 25 and four, even if you're losing a couple of bad ones late, still definitely a justifiably top 25 team, I would say. And at number 16, we've got Liggett, who finds its way back into the fold. They would not have been ranked last week. They would have found themselves and also considered again, but they are 5-1 and one over the last two weeks, and they are 20-11 and 11 overall. Uh, and they beat Northville, huge, enormous win for them especially heading into playoffs. They beat Gross Point South. They beat Detroit Western. And the one loss in there was St. Mary's. Um, Brian, curveball and audible here. Uh, my landlord has let me know somebody is here to deliver some sort of equipment for uh, what's apparently going to be a remodel for our house over the next couple of weeks. Um, so give me five minutes to take care of that, and I will return as quickly as I can. All right. I'll just talk for a while. No problem. Um, yep. Sounds great. Anyways, for the folks at home, that's uh, that's Brandon getting up to go get some stuff for his uh, his apartment. But uh, anyways, it, I know I did want to talk about Liggett for a second. I cannot wait to look at the end of the season when we, we do the last Super Twenty Five at the end of after the state championships, and we track where Liggett's been from the start of the season to now. It's going to look like a giant, you know, uh, EKG across the screen, up and down and up and down. And I think this is. Where we're at on Liggett is where we've been since the beginning of the season and what we've said before a couple times. They can beat literally anyone, but don't know if they'd win a, a three-game series with anyone. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. They're, they're talented enough to literally beat anyone, but they come with double-digit losses. They've lost 11 games, but all of their wins are mostly quality wins. It's a wild, it's a wild dynamic with Liggett. So in the state tournament, they will be dangerous. It is a very easy pick to say that they're a, a Division II state championship uh, a favorite, one of the favorites. I, I think that that's fair to say. But uh, but we'll see. So can't have a cold day, can't have an off day in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if they do or, or they don't. But either way, Liggett can beat anybody. We know what we've seen that they've proved it. 
Um, into the top 15, uh, uh, Down River shouts out, continues to rise. Uh, Allen Park is here. They are 25-3-1 at number 15 overall. They're 6-0 and in the last couple weeks. We had them at 18 last week, and they kept winning um, in, the, in the update you never saw. They were 23 before that, so up eight spots the last couple weeks for the Jags. Uh, they beat Edison in a notable win. They're kind of just rolling, uh, rolled through the Down River League, undefeated in uh, the Down River League, I believe, which is something that maybe hasn't happened before. We'll, we'll take, we'll uh, look into that. But either way, Allen Park up to number fifteen overall and cruising. At number fourteen is Jenison. They uh, we had them at number sixteen last week in the poll. Nobody saw. Uh, they were fourteen a couple weeks ago, so kind of staying stationary in that sense. But. Nine and two over the last couple of weeks have had a very, very good stretch. Um, they beat Forest Hills Eastern twice, so we had to make sure that they stayed up ahead of, of FAG in that sense, uh, but did lo- lose twice to Stevensville Lakeshore, whose name you haven't heard yet, but will. Um, so shouts out to Jenison, playing really, really well. Hopeful to see them on the east side next year, along with a couple other teams in a yet-to-be-determined um special that we have for you guys but anyways uh, number 13 battle creek lakeview uh, a team that's fallen in the last couple weeks they were number five two weeks ago had them at 13 a week ago they haven't played since then so kept them at 13 but 30 and 6 overall they lost to hudsville they lost to sterling Heights stevenson they lost to lakeshore twice they lost four games in that last two weeks after having lost two leading into that um, so that's Battle Creek Lakeview at number 13. Rockford here at number 12, continuing out on the west side of the state. Six and two close to the season, 26 and seven overall. They lost to Grand Rapids Christian, but Grand Rapids Christian's kind of beating everybody out there. And they keep beating everybody else. So Rockford ex- expecting them to be very, very strong heading into the postseason per usual, but also per usual, will have a difficult path uh, along the way to East Lansing. Number 11, Sterling Heights Stevenson, another team that's jumped up in a big way. We sat, talked about it already right on the show. They told us that they asked us uh, a month ago, "Hey, if if we win two or three from Gross Point South, you got to rank us." Like no excuses, and we were to our credit, like, "All right, bet, do it." And so they did, uh, including one of them, which was a firebombing, if I remember right. But put them in the also considered or, or whatever it was. They kind of kept winning. Now they've won even more big games. They're eight and zero over the past couple weeks. They're twenty five and four overall. They beat Adams. They beat Gross Point North. They've kind of beaten everybody who's come out in front of them, just shy of the top 10 here overall. Sterling Heights Stevenson at number 11 this week. And I think, judging by the sounds I hear in the background, Brandon's back. I have returned. Shouts out. I apologize for the background noise. We're at 10? We are at 10. Lovely. Perfect timing, uh, which is incredibly rare for me as an individual, I would say. At number 10, we've got... I know you laugh. At number 10, we've got Stevensville Lakeshore. Uh, would have been 14 for us last week. They went 11 and 2 over the last two weeks, 26 and 9 overall. Uh, split with uh, St. Mary's. And they beat St. Mary's once? They did. Where was I? How did I miss that? Was St- that when was that? That was the day of the wedding. Uh, St. Ah, Mary's went to Lakeshore with Grand Blank, and they all played each other twice or whatever the hell it was. So. Um, Stevenson lost one of each to Mary's and, and, uh, yeah, I think they lost one of each to Mary's and Grand Blank and Grand Blank. whatever it was. Like it was a nice little friendly, you know, I, you can't call it a round Robin, just like a triumvirate of teams playing, but, uh, but they yeah, did. Four games they lost. I think Mary's, I think they beat Mary's three to one, one to nothing, something like that. Close game. Wow. 
Good for them. Well, well, anyway, Lakeshore up to 10, split with Orchard Lake St. Mary, split with Grand Blank, beat Jenison twice. That's a huge win. And guys, like you talk about impact of wins, Jenison, uh, who did we just talked about this? Jenison beat a good team Eastern twice. this week. There you go. So they beat Forest Hills Eastern twice. And then Lakeshore goes and not only splits with uh, St. Mary's, but also takes two from Jenison. Uh, and, and I believe that's in league. Uh, so that's a pretty. Uh, impactful win i would say at number nine hello portage northern is back into the uh the elite elite of uh high school baseball back into the top 10 uh obviously a team that's like year in and year out always good but i don't think we've seen them creep into the top 10 a whole lot during our three-year span here uh, good to see them at number nine they would have been number nine last week they are six and over the last two weeks they're 27 and six and one overall in the year they are just pummeling through all of their competition at this point and uh just really undeniable from them so far this year number eight we've got Algonac. talked about them a ton this year would have been eight last week they stayed eight this week i think the last time we spoke Algonac was seventh so there is a one drop spot there uh seven and one over the last two weeks 30 and three overall Split with North, North Branch, beat uh, Lance Cruz North. So, I mean, the North Branch split's obviously tough. That's why, you know, that's probably why they dropped the spot. We, we dropped them, but still 30 and three on the season. Um, the strength of schedule isn't great. We've discussed that at, at nauseum, I think, on the show. However, still, the season's been pretty undeniable, and um, they've got a chance to beat anybody with cast around the mound. And they are in Division Three, and I think they are, I would say, unequivocally the heavy favorite for that. Uh, any disagreements, please let me know. At number seven, we've got Grand Rapids Christian, seven and one over the last two weeks, 28 and five overall. Took two or three from a really good Byron Center team, beat a good Rockford team as well. So, some impactful wins for them over the last two weeks. Last time we spoke, uh, Christian was at eight, so they do jump up one spot and pretty much just take over Algonac, uh, which is a, a byproduct of big wins for Christian and the North Branch split for Algonac. Number six, Bay City Western. Uh, they did have a nice little moment at number one. Uh, however, they have come back down to earth a bit since then. Uh, after starting the year, what was it, 25 and 0? 29 and 0. Yeah, 29 and 0. So now they are 33 and 4 and 1. Uh, they took two losses. It was two losses to Powers. Um, one loss to Powers. One loss to Powers. Lost to Powers two lost to Fenton twice. B. Howell and B. Is it Detroit CC they beat? Okay, so um, just come back down to earth a bit. But I mean, hey, you're still 33 and four and one. They do drop to number six. That is, that is their lowest ranking uh, in, in quite a while. Um, but they've also went from zero losses to four losses in two weeks. And, um, you know, Powers, good team. Fenton's a good team, but a team that you're supposed to be better than. All the same, still get a nice win over Howell, nice win over CC, two good teams as well. But that takes us into our top five, which is getting really fun with a certain miniature version of a bird making its way into the top five. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah top as five, far as City Western goes, I got it. Yeah. Um, as far as Bay City Western goes, the, the losses are – they are what they are, uh, you know, not this doesn't in any way impact our belief that Bay City Western has a chance to really run through the tournament. We still think they're really, really good. We still think in terms of talent, they're probably a top three team, but they lost four games the last two weeks. No one else in the top five lost so many games the last two weeks. So we had to drop them. And that's just where we're at. And if you talk to Luke LaCourse, which we did, he wanted him to lose anyways. So now the pressure's off. Right. You're not undefeated anymore. Roll into the state tournament and just kicks mess. Um 
But yeah, into that top five, at number five, Bay City, John Glenn, Tri-Valley Conference champs for the first time since joining the conference, from what I understand. They are very hot and headed into the playoffs, uh, undefeated the last couple of weeks to 27-4 and four overall to close the season down. We still like them as our favorite in Division Two. There are others. We will talk about them later on in the show when we dive into state championship picks, but they were our favorite entering the season. I think they still are. Bay City, John Glenn, really, really good. Number four. You heard Brandon tease it. How about Zeeland East up to number four this week? A couple weeks ago, last time we talked, they'd snuck into the top ten at number nine. Uh, last week, if we'd released the uh, the episode, you would have seen them at number six. Uh, but this week, up to number four. So they end the regular season at number four overall. They are 33-2. and two. They're gone 8-0 the last couple weeks. The chicks are hot is kind of where we're at. The chicks are hot. So uh, good luck to the chicks heading into the postseason. Um, some powerhouses out on the west side that we are optimistic about bringing over here next year. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Um, at number three is Brother Rice. They've had a three and one last couple of weeks with some big wins. They beat Byron Center twice. Uh, and if you're wondering why – Brother Rice might have been playing Byron Center. Byron Center head coach Pat McKenzie, Brother Rice alum. Also, proud CMU Chippewa alum. Uh, he was a great player there, second baseman, got on base all the fucking time. Pardon my French, I guess. Uh, how many times do we drop F-bombs on this show? It's my no podcast. Worries, uh, I'll say, I'll I'll say what it. I want. It's my podcast. I'll say whatever I want. Um, but, yeah, anyways, Brother Rice up to number three. I don't uh, This is their, maybe, I don't know if we've had them up all the way at three in a couple weeks, but uh, either way, high watermark for them with the exception of entering the season at number two, uh, as we talked about. Number two this week is Northville. We had them at number one last week in the, in the episode you never heard. We had them retaking it from Bay City Western. Um, in that stretch, they've lost a couple of games, though. They've gone six and two down the stretch. They're twenty nine and four overall. They are super talented and super good, and we still have to ding them a little bit because they lost to Gross Point South and Liggett last weekend. Uh, they beat Detroit Western. They beat Lakeland. They beat Heartland. A lot of quality wins in there, but still, they lost twice, and the team ahead of them did not. So that's where we're at. Um, I, I'm happy to have this discussion with anybody who wants me to have it with them. And Brandon can tell you, we agonized over this decision a little bit before the show, just because I would not like to be called a Homer, but I think the resumes speak for themselves and our regular season champion for the third time in a row, Orchard Lake St. Mary's ends the season at number one. They've had a four and one stretch over the last couple of weeks. We took that out of the Lakeshore, like we talked about, but beat Liggett, beat Catholic central, beat Lakeshore, beat grand blank in that stretch. 31 and 5 to end the season, uh, which makes them in the in the span of cold weather bats, that means they are they were 87 and 1 the first two years, so uh a lot. He's <laughs> 100, uh... <laughs> 120 something and, and six. Like I, you know, pretty good. But anyways, uh St. Mary's 31 and 5 heading into the postseason. They are number one to end the season after being number one to start the season uh, with some stretches of not being up there uh, along the way. But uh, but either way, shouts out to the Eaglets for um, closing strong and, and winning games in, in ways that they didn't have to worry about winning last year or the year before that and, and finding a way. And if there was one coach who was going to be able to do that, it's Matt Petrie. So I'm not surprised by that. But they – no time to rest. There is no rest for the wicked. They actually have to pay play a, a pre-district game today, 
Um, and then they'll head into the, the rest of the district this weekend. They are at West Bloomfield. Uh, if they win this pre-district game or whatever, they'll have the opportunity to play the winner of Lake Orion in West Bloomfield in the re- in the district final, which is a, a really good – that's a heck of a district semi, Lake Orion against WB. But either way, Brandon, that's uh, that's our final Super 25 of the regular season. I, we've already talked enough about it. I don't feel the need to, to go over it again. Do you just want to dive right into the, to the district previews, to the goose poop stuff? Because we are – it's today. You know, like or it already happened. We're rolling uh, with right. the uh, with the district, so it's time to to preview these. I think we'll just kind of scroll through and talk about some interesting ones along the way. Um, we'll start in Division One. Brandon, I'm just gonna I'm literally just gonna roll through the brackets and and talk about anything that jumps to mind as far as interesting. Um, the Woodhaven bracket, the the Downriver bracket. It, as it's colloquially known, uh, would expect Woodhaven to come out of that one. But uh, Wyandotte has a, has a little bit of a lengthier path. They have to go through Taylor in the pre-district, then Southgate. But Southgate's good too. Comes out of that one. Southgate's uh, good. I mean, Taylor's good. Yeah. I mean, all those team, all those teams have good players. Um, you know, Manny Gutierrez has been like phenomenal for Wyandotte in the mountain this year. The ERA is extremely low. Um, he does walk a couple of guys uh, when he when he throws, but the WHIP is just like. It's he's not getting hit much, you know, a little bit to contact, but he's not getting hit much. So, um, you know, I think Wyandotte's best guy on the mound is better than Taylor's best guy in the mound. But come that game against Southgate, it'll be it'll be a tough one for both teams. I think that'll be a super competitive game. I think regardless, both teams will run out of gas when they meet Woodhaven in the final. Uh, if Woodhaven can get by Carlson, which I think they do. Um, baseball district 18, the very next one, another downriver district. This is Allen parks district. Uh, thinking they're going to come out of this one. Uh, it's they're playing it's, Dearborn high. It's going to be, it's going to be ugly coach. Yeah. coming. They got to play Dearborn high shouts out to the pioneers. I used to live like three blocks from there back in the day, but, um, then they'll play the winner of Edsel you know, Ford Ed, and Lincoln park, but Edsel's yeah. good. Edsel's Edsel's a good team this year. Edsel will beat Lincoln park. Um, that still will definitely beat Lincoln Park, and they have one. I mean, they beat Woodhaven this year, so mm-hmm. I guess I'm overstating when I say it would be ugly. But I think Edsel will compete. That's Allen Park just hasn't lost in the league, man. It would be a, it would be a massive upset. It's not unheard of by any means. Um, but Allen Park is certainly the happy favorite in 18. Uh, skipping forward to district number 24, this is the Brother Rice district. They host it. Uh, a really interesting matchup here, potentially. Rice has to get by Groves, and Birmingham Seaholm has to get by Southfield Arts and whatever. Tech. Uh, but Arts and Tech, great. The the name cut off on the district preview page for MHSAA. <laughs> so Southfield Arts, and that's all I got. But that potentially sets up obviously a ranked matchup. Seaholm ranks 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in there. Brother Rice at number three. Uh, that's a really interesting district final in terms of ranked on ranked. If, if it ends up coming out that way, would still pick Rice in that game, but Seaholm will give them uh, probably more of a punch and more of a challenge than they expected this early, uh, at least when they looked at it in the, in the early season. Um, and then, of course, Biz- District 20, have to talk about it, have to look at it. Gross Point South against uh, St. Clair Shores Lakeview and then Gross Point North against Harper Woods. Assuming outcomes, and we don't like to assume outcomes, but still assuming outcomes, North versus South probably again for the district title. And South reeling in recent weeks, North playing well in recent weeks, probably not the the pick we would have made uh, a month ago even. But uh, but seems like it's trending more North's way. Uh, either way, we expect that to be a, a, a battle 
Uh, and another example of why doing district draws by, by geography is dumb. But anyways, really hoping uh, that really hoping Drew's healthy, really hoping yeah. Drew's healthy. He got, he, he took a hit by pitch to the foot in our game and uh, had to sit out the rest of the game. Uh, and it was the first at bat of the game and that foot's just been lingering for him. He heard it in basketball. We talked about earlier in the year. Uh, I mean, he was realistically like for what the impact he has at the plate and what he can do with the glove in center field and the arm in center field as well. And on the mound, I mean, he was a candidate for, you know, one of the better players in the whole state this year as far as the impact goes. And, uh, it was, you know, he's just been battling this lingering thing with the foot and finally got to a point where it was healthy. He took the, I think he just took a curve, like a 60-mile-an-hour curveball off his foot, and it just got him in the wrong spot, and he had to sit it out, precautionary. So hope he's healthy for that game. Wouldn't be right for um, for South versus North to play. And if you ask Greasebaum, he'd tell you the same thing. He'd want, yep. he'd want Drew to play 10 times out of 10. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope he gets to. Also, the new fields at Gross Point, North and South. Incredible, oh. by the way, incredible. Another relevant thing to the thing we've been kind of stupidly teaching. Relevant thing to the year. thing. But, you know, the thing about the thing, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but we are excited about it. But anyways, uh, continuing to skip forward, District 29, this is the St. Mary's District. It's at Bloom, West Bloomfield. Um, would expect West Bloom, the winner of West Bloomfield and Lake Orion to take on St. Mary's in that district final. And either way, that should be a good game. Uh, right next door uh, is White Lake Lakeland. That's their district. They will have to play Wald Lake Western in the pre-district, which is uh, – that's a ranked team versus a first five out team. So an interesting one in that sense. Um, continuing on down the line, we are, I promise you, going to move a little bit quicker as we move along. I'm just having some trouble loading this damn site. Um, <laughs> continue to scroll. Uh, would expect Rochester Adams to come out of District 27. They got to play Rochester High. Um, Eisenhower and Stony Creek on the other side of that. Um, we are... Just going to keep rolling. I, I mean, this is we're, we're not going to go like this through all of them because we'll be here for two and a half hours. But um, a lot of these districts have like some of these districts have what seems like eight teams and some of them have two or, or something. I, weird, weird dynamic going on here. Um, Northville's <laughs> going to have to play Salem. Funny how it works, huh? Yeah, Northville's going to have to play Salem. And then uh, likely the winner of Canton and Plymouth. Uh, we'll see on that. Detroit Catholic Central has to play Farmington in a pre-district. Uh, Novi in that bracket as well. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. That that should end up being a ranked matchup in that district final is, is Novi against uh, uh, Detroit Catholic Central. Um, Brighton and Howell and Heartland and South Lyon all in the same damn district, uh, which is, damn, if that's not just stupid as hell. Um you know, like I'm not gonna, we're not gonna hammer this like like we did last year or whatever. But man, that's dumb. Uh, you know, like let's yeah, let's put a whole bunch of ranked teams who got to play each other on a Tuesday of pre district. Like what? Uh, but Jenison <laughs> and Byron Center is an interesting d- district draw. That's a, a district semi that the winner will have to go on and play the winner of uh, who knows, probably Granville at this point. But um you know granted I, I don't know if i'm skipping past anything like feel free we talked about this when luke lacourse was on the show but district two bay city western has to play midland in the pre-district which i think is today is today the 30th yeah they got to play today That's yeah. a huge game huge game i think why not plays today right yeah yeah why not yeah. taylor yeah when we talked to lacourse he told us it'll probably end up being uh you know it, it 
Lane Kloha from uh, Midland, who's going to Central Michigan, and, and Kohani or Kochani. I don't want to say it wrong, but um, the ace from from Bay City Western, who's going to Saginaw Valley, to be best on best, senior on senior. Really, really good matchup there um, in that Bay City Midland area. It's hosted by Midland Dow. Uh, Midland was a school that we very nearly ranked this week as well, twenty five and ten uh, or whatever. That's gonna be a great game. Yeah, should be really, really good. That's an exciting one to watch. And then we're going to talk a little bit here. We're going to head out west. Hudsonville and Zealand East in the same district. And speaking of Zealand, the Ducks versus the Chicks. In the uh, Ducks versus the, the Chicks. Barnyard. Ducks versus the Chicks. Barnyard Zealand Brawl. West. <laughs> Zealand West versus Zealand East on Saturday in the in the district <laughs> semi. Uh, if Hudsonville gets by, they have West to name Ottawa it that. Today, they have to name it that. They're, I need T-shirts. Yeah. We'll make T-shirts. Great we'll Lakes Bat Co. Please make T-shirts. Barnyard Brawl West versus East. G brand. Let's go. G brand. Um, I forget all of our sponsors. I don't know. <laughs> They're all great. We love you all. Hudsonville's got to get by West Ottawa, and then they got to get by St. Joseph. Um, obviously, Zealand West for Zealand East is weighted Zealand East's way, but you can throw out all that in a rivalry. So we'll see what's happening. Uh, but we're expecting that district final to be Zealand East versus Hudsonville in what will be a very, very good game. Um, here's here's one for you. In the same in District Eight, Kalamazoo Central, Kalamazoo Loy Norix, and Portage Central are all in. But they're they're the the not so good teams of that district. But it was Portage Northern and Matawan that got the pre district draw, of course. So uh, they have to play each other today in what is way too good of a game for the first damn round of the playoffs. Like I'm getting more pissed about this as we go on. Um, that it sh- you should try to have the best games the latest. Like what? Uh, anyways. Uh, if Portage Northern or Matawan, whoever wins that, they'll, they're likely to, to move on to the regional semi eventually. They are far and away the best two teams in that region. Um, looks like Mona Shores already won over Grand Haven in that pre-district. So, uh, or no, excuse me. Mona Shores and Grand Haven play today. Winner will play Muskegon uh, with Kennewa Hills and Reeths Puffer on the other side, expecting that to eventually go Mona Shores' way, that they'll have to win three games to get there. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. Do I have anything else? Is that it? You want to go to division two now? Yeah, I'm hanging out in division two trying to, yeah, I'll take us through D2 since you Please. grinded to yes. get us through D1. I'll, I'll give your voice a break. Uh, not as heavy with the names and with the, the teams that we've had ranked, obviously D1 teams tend to be the, the better teams, I would say, uh, without discriminating against other divisions. I mean, just. If you read through our Super 25, most of them are Division One team. Really, um, Stevensville Lakes obviously an extremely good. Team. They started things off in District Four with uh, Edwardsburg. There, they do face Edwardsburg first. Uh, Berrien Springs a good team year in year out, so that could give them a challenge in the pre district. There, just. Uh, Let's see here. We got Paw Paw, Three Rivers, Dowagiak, Vicksburg, and Sturgis. Don't have a lot to offer there. Grand Rapids Christians District. They'll play East Grand Rapids. How about this? Grand Rapids Christians in a district with East Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids West, Grand Rapids South, and Middleville, Middleville Thornapple. Hell of a name. And Grand Rapids oh, yeah. Christian draws the pre-district. And that, my friends, is why we need seating. And allegedly, we might be getting it next year. More on that later. Uh, Grand Rapids Christian will play in the pre-district. I believe that is today. Yes, it is. Against East Grand Rapids. Winner plays Grand Rapids West. They beat them. They play the winner of Grand Rapids South and Thornapple. Would heavily expect Grand Rapids Christian to come out of there. 
Below them, Grand Rapids Catholic would probably take them to win this one. They got Unity Christian, uh, Godwin Heights, and Wyoming Lee would take Grand Rapids Catholic there. Uh, moving on. Computer's moving slow. Coldwater. District uh, 36 uh, in D2 is is a barn burner. You have Freeland Garber in the pre-district today. What in the heck of a matchup. The winner of that will get to play Midland Bullet Creek, who is a team we almost ranked towards the end here. Uh, and on the other side of that is Bay City John Glenn against Shepard. So I, either way, going to have a there, there's three or four teams in this in this district that we at least at one point this year had ranked. And Bay City John Glenn is is the number five team overall in the in the state according to us. So that's a that's a heck of a district just in terms of quality of games and talent and overall ability. Blah blah blah. blah. But please, Brandon, I tried to fill the space for your computer to work. Did that work? I appreciate that. Yes, it did. Okay. Uh, gotcha. It did. It did. Wonderfully. I'm just trying to find my way through. There we go. Uh, District 60 should be interesting. Uh, Notre Dame Prep, Country Day, Goodrich. Those are three good teams. Uh, Cranbrook and Orlando Brandon will will open up in the pre-district. Would expect uh, Notre Dame Prep and Cranbrook to play against each other. Um, And that'll be actually a pretty good game. Two young teams, two teams I think that compete. Brooks played, uh, I think, better this year. They have an all-star whose name escapes me, um, I would imagine that they'll throw him in the pre-district today and throw probably again on Saturday if the pitch count and the arm is, is live enough, and that should be good. Notre Dame Prep's a good team, but young. Um, but still, I would expect Notre Dame Prep to come out of that side of it and then play the winner of Country Day and Goodrich, which will be a great game. I mean, Country Day is playing extremely well right now. Um, they have a lot of, you know, from from Brandon, uh, Brandon Inge's Tyler Inge. I keep saying Brandon Inge. Uh, Tyler Inge and then uh, Clay Hart. Jesus, you know, locked down backstop behind the plate, left-handed hitter who just went yard a week ago. So he's got a gap-to-gap power, but, uh, you know, can put it over the fence as well. Um, and then Goodrich, as we know. Goodrich is a team we've been talking about uh, quite a bit during uh, last season, but also we've mentioned them a few times this season. But if I had to pick, I would expect Country Day uh, to come out. Now Country Day is kind of – pseudo been known for having to always run into St. Mary's, but with St. Mary's now in division one uh, country day does have the opportunity to, to come out of that district this year, uh, the same way they had the opportunity last year. But I think did, did Goodrich end up coming out of that last year? I think that's I what so. happened, right? Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if uh, country day can get one this year. Uh, oddly enough, district 55 is empty. Just pointing that out while I'm scrolling here. <laughs> Um, that's all. Uh, District 51 <laughs> is going to be probably this is where we get into the good stuff, boys. This is Division Two. This is where we get into where uh, your boy is is located. District 51. Why did I have to say it like that? Uh, District 51. You got four teams here on Flat Rock, Jefferson Airport. That is going to be fun. Here on and Flat Rock face off. It's a grudge match. They split during the regular season. Flat Rock beat them early in the year. Huron beat them. Uh, Huron beat them in the conclusion of the league to win the league, a share of the league, and share it with Airport. If Huron beats Flat Rock and Airport beats Jefferson, I do not believe Jefferson was able to win a game in the league this year. They are extremely young, um, similar to us, and I think let me double check here. Yeah, they ended up going 0-14 in the league. So I would definitely expect Airport to beat Jefferson. Would definitely expect Huron to beat Flat Rock because I would imagine that they have Muzzy on the mound for that game uh, to secure it. And that sets up a Jeff- or an Airport versus Huron matchup that is for the district. And oddly enough, both teams shared the league. They sh- they're co-champions of the Huron League. They've played each other twice. This sets up a game three winner-take-all district and league. That's a lot of fun, in my opinion. And it's at airport, of course, because that's one of the most beautiful fields in the state. And it's They'll never need turf. The field is amazing, and I will stand by that for as long as I live. 
Next district is hosted by Trenton. Riverview was able to beat Romulus 11 nothing in five in- or I'm sorry Romulus Summit Academy um, 11 nothing in five innings. They face the Devs of Grozeal, who you know quite well. Uh, they will take on the winners of Trenton and Romulus um, on the other side. So Riverview, Grozeal, Trenton, Romulus. I have no comments. Uh, any analysis, Brian? You can go for it. I'm going to take the Kirk Herbstreit route. Uh, uh, pass. Perfect. Love it. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Yeah, kindly, because we've got two more divisions to go through. Uh, let's see here if there's any more. Not seeing a whole lot else from Division Two outside of Bay City, John Glenn's uh, district that you already mentioned. And that just about does it for Division Two. Division Three, I'm taking Algonac, and I'm not blinking an eye. Division Four, I'm taking Mooney, and I'm not blinking an eye. But if you want to talk about any other divisions in there, by all means. Yeah, I just I figure I'll, I'll scroll through D three and just maybe hit on a couple interesting ones. Um, Shouts out to E Course. I'd like to say that on this on this podcast. I just ran into them as I was looking through the districts. Um, if they beat Cristo Ray on Saturday, they'll win the district. I think that's only the two teams in there. But shouts out to Ecorse. They're really good this year. Uh, they're at, at 25 and 3, something like that. I don't have the record right off the top of my head. But uh, but obviously, we, we follow uh, Coach on Twitter, and, and he does a good job posting. And, um, you know, like I, that's awesome. And they have some good players, too. I've, I've seen some video. Uh, they got a kid who's – a left-handed pitcher and a left-handed bat that hits for power and throws like 88. Something it, there's something there. Like that's a that's a sneaky club who's just kind of played well all season and, and they get dinged and we've dinged them for the fact that so many of their wins are against teams that aren't real good. And that's not their fault. But uh, you know, shouts out to Ecorse. Uh, maybe they can make some noise in the postseason. They have the ability to, and they've won enough games. Um, District 91 is going to be Edison would imagine just, just touching on them as they, as they come out. But, uh, Edison continues to play really well. We talked about them earlier on in the show, um, a dangerous team, as we know, um, a lot of these division three districts have not many teams in them, which is disheartening uh, for me from a man who likes baseball perspective and GR was D three back in the day. So that's the special, uh, special love for D3 in that sense, but uh, um, <clears throat> Grand Rapids West Catholic uh, would expect them to come out of District 80. That was one of our teams that we talked about at the very beginning of the season as a, as a watch list state championship pick uh, in Division Three. so I don't think anything's changed in that sense. They should come out of that district. Ah, uh, yes, the Grass Lake District. That's where my high school career ended. Um not that I'm upset about it or anything. Uh, baseball District 86 <laughs> at Clinton. This is a team we almost ranked this week, too. Uh, you know, at folks at home, you, you hear us talk about 30 or this week 35 teams or whatever. And there's like 70 on the sheet, you, you know, that we, we scroll through every week but and update the records for and talk about and blah, blah, blah. Clinton's one of those teams, a Division Three club. They have to play in the pre-district against Onstead today, but there's something like 26 and 2, and they're hosting. So would expect them to come out of that. Um, Bridgman is hosting the the district that has Buchanan in it. Buchanan, obviously, a, a tough year this year following the state championship last year, but uh, nothing else to say on that fact because we would sound like we're talking shit, which we're not. Uh, so just a, a tough year for them. Um, Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central, uh, they're in the Ottawa Lake Whiteford district along with Blissfield and Ida and Erie Mason. Um, that's a that's a slice of Michigan right there, man. Those, those bunch of towns and schools, it's fun down there. 
Um, I've had a good time <laughs> over the years. You go down there, like I played down there, I've coached down there, I've umpired down there, I've scouted down there, you, you know, over the years, any number of times. I just, it's fun. They all like baseball down there. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brandon, like, let's just, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of wasting time and adding time to this podcast by doing what I'm doing in this sense. So why don't we change gears and shift right into state championship picks early in the season. And I'm going to pull this up once I can find it on Instagram because we've posted a lot this year. So it's a little further away than usual. Um, But our state championship picks to recap from March, late March, right before the season started in division one, Brandon and I both picked St. Mary's. And our dark horses were Northville and Brother Rice. Still a- applicable. Uh, in Division Two, we both picked Bay City John Glenn with Grand Rapids Christian and New Boston Huron as our dark horses. I think Grand Rapids Christian is still a dark horse. I don't know if I would have Huron on that level. And you guys can use that as bulletin board material if you want because if you then win, then I get to say there was a Downriver State champion, and I'm cool with that. So uh, Division Three, we both picked Algonac with Edison and West Catholic as our – um, dark horses and in division four I picked Riverview GR he went with Cardinal Mooney uh, we had Beale City and Rudyard as our dark horses uh, in that sense all of those clubs various levels of success this year Rudyard's a young team I actually we haven't talked about something talked about this on the show I saw Billy Mitchell uh, in East Lansing when I was there watching Sparty um, that final regular season series with Indiana I was up there to, to work obviously just do some scouting and uh, Coach Billy Mitchell was there. I think uh, the Rudyard Softball Club uh, was playing uh, in Lansing somewhere in a tournament or whatever it was. So they came down and got to meet his boy and uh, chatted with him for a few minutes. Always great to see Billy Mitchell, friend of the program, friend of the show, friend of Brandon and Brian. So congrats. Uh, friend of life. Or not congrats. Good to see you, Coach. Good luck in the postseason. Hope to see you back in East Lansing uh, in the Final Four. But, uh, but yeah, I, Brandon, start at the top, Division One. St. Mary's, we both picked them coming in. That was a long time ago. They are still number one, in spite of not being number one all season long. Are they still your pick in D1? Is Ryan McKay healthy? Uh, We'll find out today, actually, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, that's my question. You know, that's, that's something I'm, I'm waiting to, to see. Cause I think that's super impactful. I think that's like, he's not just a guy, like he's, He's huge for the dugout. He's huge for uh, when Jason Oliver comes into pitch and he can play shortstop. He's huge for – he's a captain, I would imagine. I don't know if, if they name captains there, but I would imagine – like I know the kid and I know how he leads and I know that he is a pseudo-captain, if not officially named one, then, then he is one in spirit. And uh, that's super important. Um, obviously, he's been there all four years as on the varsity team for them and, and has been a part of uh, each of those runs um 2020 obviously i guess doesn't count so three years um would have been there but uh i think it, it really depends in 2020 though as a freshman like, yeah a yeah absolutely yeah absolutely he would have been there um they need that right and and jolly is the same way um because he's been there and he's seen it you know bruce Gavich has seen you know he's one year younger but he's still seen these things and and all that but i just think it's and grimmer has been there for the last two years but mckay is really like the like the heartbeat, I think. Um, and Jolly is like the the meat stick, like the, the power of it all. And I think you need those two guys. I really think you do because when Jolly goes on the mound, they really need Ryan at short. And, um, you know, they really, really need Ryan in the lineup. They don't have the same power 
lineup that they've had. And I think Ryan is really the glue to that lineup. So, um, yeah, it really depends on his health, man. Uh, assuming he's healthy, it's tough. Uh, assuming he's healthy, I it's really hard for me to pick a team to win it three times. It really is. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna not pick St. Mary's to win this year. Uh, I am going to pick. Uh, man, I th- I just I really want to pick John Glenn because I think that they have probably the two best arms well, like John to go to like. Did I say John Glenn? You did. Fuck. I always do this. Every year I pick something wrong. Every year I just manage to do this. <laughs> to be fair, this year I'm totally locked in on my own division. That's probably why I thought that. Uh, you didn't uh, You didn't screw up where anybody goes to high school this year, though, so that's an improvement. That's great. That's actually really – that's like a stark to the, improvement. The clue uh, vanilla with Traverse City nightmares of years past. <laughs> this is the hardest state championship pick of all time, I think, in the three yeah. seasons of Cole with yeah, the Rats. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's so interchangeable between St. Mary's, Northville, Brother Rice – uh geez man um i think i'm gonna go northville because i think somebody else is gonna win it this year it's really hard to free pete um and i think that brother rice doesn't have an arm to get through mary's in the semi i don't think this year uh, i think alfredo is fantastic I just think Aiden Donovan has been a little bit better. And I think if that game comes down to Donovan versus Fredo, like I'd have to pick St. Mary's. Um, they do meet in the semi, right? I do have that, right? They could. They could. They yeah, could. Yeah. They could. Right. So I don't know. I like Northville's path better. I like Northville's rotation better. And I, I like their lineup better than the others. And so I'll take Northville. Uh, we actually figured it out where. Um... Actually, I don't know if we figured this out or if it was figured out for us and texted to us. Maybe Goosepoop told us. Either way, there's the potential for a Mary's Rice semifinal, and on the other side would be Northville, Bay City Western, or whatever. Like It's crazy. It could be the top four teams all year in D1 could meet in, at Comerica Park. Or, excuse me, Comerica Park, um, as if they'd allow it. There might be a drop of rain. Uh, but anyways, at Michigan State, at, at uh, McLean Stadium, at Cobbs Field or whatever, um, it could be the final four for D1, could be the top four teams in D1, which is awesome. But uh, unlikely to happen, considering the the way these playoffs go, but still. Um, but as for my pick, I believe that um, experience matters when you get deep and the games are close. I believe that there's an advantage uh, if you've been there and done that. Um, and I'm nothing if not a homer. So I'm taking St. Mary's, especially if Ryan McKay comes back <laughs> healthy. The Matt has done his – he's done his thing he did every year. He starts the year with, all right, these are our seven, eight guys we want to throw. These are their roles. And then it's – he just lets the performance dictate what the end of the year uh, pitching looks like. And it's Aiden Donovan's the ace. Jason Oliver's the fireman who can go along – who can go long. And then you have a, a multitude of different arms that make up that next tier. And, and that's Pacey and that's uh, Grant Essig and that's – um, Jaden Oliver, Jason's younger brother, and that's Paul Tavalian. And that's it's, I just think that there's a, uh, any number of, of, of guys that, that make up a talented pitching staff there. And now he has it set to where he can hopefully roll Donovan for one and then whoever plus Jason for two. And, and if it works out that way, then he's going to keep going. But that offense needs to pick up. That offense needs to pick up. Um, and for the folks listening at home, Brandon, Brandon's on the phone. So I am going to jump right in Division Two with my pick in Division Two, and um, let's see. 
what did we say at the beginning of the season? Uh, had Grand Rapids Christian, Bay City, John Glenn, schools like that as far as our favorites in D2. And a lot of those, a lot of those stay the same. Uh, Stevensville Lakeshore, I think, is a team that uh, you have to now talk about in that same breath just because of the way they've played. Uh, Forest Hills Eastern is a team you have to talk about in, in that respect. We talked about John Glenn. We talked about Grand Rapids Christian. Uh, Liggett is a team that needs to be mentioned in the Division II race. There are five to six, if not more, really, really good teams in Division II that you could make the claim are going to be uh, state championship contenders. Uh, but for me, I'm going to stay chalk here. I'm going to go with Bay City John Glenn. Really bought them before the season. We did last year too, and then they disappointed us. This year we bought them before the season, and then they didn't disappoint us. So I think that group of seniors, um, really, really good one-two punch in the mound with Sontag and Kreshiak, uh, Nathan Balls rakes, and and Sontag rakes too. And I'm a believer in, in – that star power can help you win in the postseason. I'm, I've always believed that, that stars can take over games, and, and in the postseason, all you need is to take over one game at a time. So uh, going with Bay City, John Glenn is my state championship pick. Talking about a team that could very well win this, they're probably the most talented team top to bottom, um, but I do think the arms race is won by John Glenn, and I ultimately believe that playoffs comes down to an arms race, so I will take John Glenn as well. All right, let's uh, roll into D3. I, there's, again, I, I think there's so many schools in D2 that are state championship caliber this year. Um, Bay City, John Glenn, Grand Rapids Christian, Stevensville Lakeshore, Liggett, Forest Hills Eastern. Uh, there's so many. The D2 is wide open and very, very fun this year. Um, for Division Three, uh, I think, you know, we, we kind of did pretty well with the beginning of the season as far as the uh, uh, our state championship pick slash – are uh, uh, dark horses for the state championship in Division Three. We both picked Algonac. Uh, I still think Algonac's the favorite. Um, still think that that they're the team that that has kind of earned the nod. Uh, but Detroit Edison, right there. Clinton's been really, really good. E course is D three, and we talked about it. They've won a lot of games, and they're kind of rolling. Um, but for me, looking at it, just kind of the way I see it rolling along, I'm going to go with Algonac. I think they have the ultimate trump card in, in Josh Kastner. I think that that matters in, in playoff scenarios where you only have to win one game at a time. So I'm going to roll Algonac, same as before the season. They've done nothing to dissuade me from that pick. Yeah, I have to side with you. I just I cannot pick against Algonac in that division right now. I just can't do it. Uh, I've been talking about it all year. Won't won't shy away from it now. I think Algonac's got what it takes to win it, and uh, and should, in my opinion, would be shocked if they didn't. D four, uh, I'm sticking with Cardinal Mooney. I mean, they've just been rolling all year through their through common opponents. Um, seems like the year where they uh, quote unquote jump the hump and and make it happen. They've been close for the last couple. Uh, what did they do? How far did they get last year? Uh, semifinal, maybe. Semifinal, yeah, and then they lost to Hackett in the final the year before. So I think this is the year they do it. So I'm going to take Mooney. Uh, I'm going Beale City here. Actually, um, think that they started a little slower given the, the 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 temperatures of Mount Pleasant, Michigan. So they were kind of off of our radar early when they didn't need to be. Uh, but they've righted the ship really well in recent weeks. They're a team I've been tracking. Um, you know, D4 is tough to rank, but either way, the only teams they've gotten smacked by are Midland Dow, and that was that they're a D2 school, or D1 even, I think, is Midland Dow. But either way, 
Beale City 23 and 7 heading in. They've had a really good season. They lost in the final last year to uh, Riverview GR. I think they're going to be right back there. And I will go with Beale City this week. Um, but, you know, I there we are. Uh, there's our state championship that? picks, the, the re-up of a state championship pick. Uh, I haven't really changed any of mine. I changed my D4 pick because my my mighty GR Pioneers, uh, probably not this year, although who knows? You can get hot like they did last year. You can just get hot and roll. Um, but, yeah, man, I, that's it for me. I don't really have much more. This has already been a lengthy episode, uh, but right. – Super 25 is done. That's the last one for the regular season. Look at that. Enjoy that. Yell at us about it on social media. Those are our state championship picks. I went with Mary's, Bay City, John Glenn, Algonac, and Beale City. Brandon went with Northville, Bay City, John Glenn, Algonac, and Cardinal Mooney across the board. Um, The state playoffs are underway. We talked about that already. By the time you hear this, Games will probably be being played on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in a pre-district. And the next time you talk to us, we will have a bunch of upsets to talk about, I'm sure. We will have a bunch of of exciting stuff that happened in the district round to talk about. And I can't wait to watch it. Uh, This is the best time of year for that. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to close up shop here for Brandon. I'm Brian. Special shouts out to Great Lakes Backco, of course, for sponsoring the Super 25. Uh, And we'll talk to you next week. Good luck, Michigan.